You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Good morning. (laughs) This is the fictional story about an adopted elf named Buddy who was raised in the North Pole working in Santa's toy factory for 30 years. He finds out he's really a human, goes to New York in search of his real father, and to get there, he hops on an iceberg, walks through the seven layers of the candy cane forest, past the sea of twirly, swirly gumdrops, and miraculously emerges from the Lincoln Tunnel. He finds his dad, he eats spaghetti with maple syrup. Sounds like a great idea. We got our spaghetti here, some candy. Mmm, Pop-Tarts. Ooh, we need the syrup. I choked on dots, so we decided not to use those. Mmm. Mmm. Add some more. Mix it all together. Mmm. Mmm. I need a napkin. That was a bad idea. I need something to drink. Thank you. I'll take that too, wow. Thank you, everybody. Coffee, the world's best cup of coffee. You did it. Congratulations, everybody, well done. Mm. Mm. I definitely need these. Let's see how it finishes. So eat spaghetti with maple syrup, works in a shiny mailroom with ex-convicts, and eventually saves Christmas. As you may have guessed, this is where our story begins. Welcome to our Christmas Stories series. This is a chance for us to invite our friends and our neighbors, those who don't know God, and can find out through stories that they are familiar, stories about God and how faith intersects with our culture. I'm Buddy the Elf, and as you may have guessed, this is my favorite Christmas movie. When I think of Elf, I think of pure innocence. If you've seen the movie, he sees the best in everybody. He's always looking for the positive. There's an unbridled joy. Wouldn't so many of us like to be described like that? Wouldn't we like to be like the lights on the Christmas tree that everyone stops and watches and admires, sees something different? The twinkling catches their eye. What if we, as Christians, were like that? But the holiday season sometimes disappoints, right? People leave us. The coffee doesn't taste as good as we thought. We spend all kinds of money on things we don't want and people we don't really like. All in the name of Merry Christmas. And we feel alone, perhaps even empty. If you find yourself that way, watching here in the room or online, well, I have good news, perhaps of great joy for you today. The third day of December, maybe we get our joy back. That sound good? To get some joy as we go into this Christmas season? What if we left this place? What if we turned off our computer in 45 minutes with a renewed sense that we're gonna be a shining light this Christmas season, seeing the best in everything and everyone. It's not something we fabricate, it's not a costume we put on that makes us joyful. It's who we are. 
because it's who God is transforming us into. What if we live the three rules of being an elf? Do you remember them if you watched the movie Elf? Maybe you do. First one, treat every day like it's Christmas. Wouldn't that be great? Every day was Christmas and we treated it that way. How about number two? There's room for everyone on the nice list. And number three, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Makes me smile. Smiling's my favorite. There's such a positivity to Buddy. It reminds me of one of our cultural behaviors around here. We have eight things that kind of set who we are as a culture, as a church. You see them in the lobby all over the walls, and one of them is love each other. And there's a line in there that we, we assume the best. We assume the best in people. And when I got hired here five and a half years ago, our HR director, Lauren Cheeser, just happened to mention that here at Kingsway, we assume the best. We don't assume the worst. We assume the best in people. And I looked at her and I said, does that really work? And she still hired me somehow. (laughs) (laughs) But it does work because each person is a creation of God. And in my role as Connections Pastor, I I see the positive, I see the, the potential. And so when you send me a serve card or a connect card, you say, hey, I want to serve at Kingsway. I see, oh man, you're going to be so good at this and it's going to be awesome. Or you want to connect to a group. Yeah, I've got just the place for you and I think this will really work. And and then maybe, you know, people will have lives and they don't correspond real fast or don't get back to me as quickly as I would like. And my expectations are way too high because I want the best for you. But I fall short in this category of assuming the best many times because I get frustrated and I'm like, why do they, why are they missing it? But we're all different, and I'm learning that. And so I apologize when I get frustrated. Because we're all on a different path. We have one life group leader who shared with me this summer that five years ago, she never would have guessed that she would be leading a life group. And she said, it took a thousand baby steps in my faith to get to where I'm at. And that's how we all are. God is so patient with us, but he's taking us one step at a time as we grow on our growth path, as we connect, as we serve, as we give, and as we go, we're growing. What if we see the world like Buddy does? We assume the best. Today, we get our joy back, or perhaps for the very first time, you'll receive joy. Did you know a Google search in the Bible, (laughs) how reliable is that, who knows, but says 430 times the word joy is mentioned in the Bible, and only about 10 the word happiness, or the idea of happiness is mentioned there. Now, blessed could be translated happy, so there could be some more, but the idea that there's lots of joy and and there's not as much happiness, so what's the difference? Happiness maybe is is a surfacey thing. It's it's still good, like we wanna be happy. Happy is good, but it doesn't last. Joy seems to go deeper. I think of happy like the four elf food groups. Do you remember them? Candy, we've got that, candy canes, candy corn, and syrup. So we got two out of four here. And and three of those make me really happy. Candy corn, we know how to eat candy corn, right? You open the trash can, you throw it in. (laughs) This is terrible. Uh, Somebody's clapping, thank you. But what is joy? Like we get happiness, yeah, it's a feeling, it's, it's momentary, it's okay. But joy is deeper, right? I have a friend, Tim Goodwin, who just won his 14th high school football state championship yesterday in Ohio. Amazing man of God, amazing football coach. 
His daughter goes to church here. She was here last service because they moved to Indianapolis. But Tim was interviewed this week about how do you do it? Practice after practice, game after game, year after year, all the weightlifting. How do you, how do, you do this? 14 times winning a state championship. He said you find joy in the mundane. You, you find joy going to work every day. You find joy when you're lifting weights and, and just trying to get healthier. You find joy in your food choices. You find joy at two in the morning when you're changing the diaper and feeding the baby. You find joy in the mundane over and over. There's something about joy and suffering that go together that's different than happiness. And we're gonna unpack that a little bit more today. I love how John Piper describes joy. He said, Christian joy is a good feeling in the soul, so there's still some good feeling to it, but it goes deeper. It's produced by the Holy Spirit, there's a key. We can't produce this joy. We have to be in relationship with God so the Holy Spirit is working in us. As he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the word, that's the Bible, and the world around us. Let's read it again. Christian joy is a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ, Jesus, in the word and in the world. I spent a day in November trying to find joy. <laughs> it's hard to, hard to find. I went to the Greenwood Mall, and I went, they had the Christmas music playing. I wanted to get in the, the mood and the spirit. I was preparing for this. What's joy? Can I see it? I, I didn't even see happiness very many places, much less joy. I saw people shopping, and they were walking with, like, somber faces. I saw clerks in stores that did not want to be there. <laughs> Even the music like didn't really make me feel super festive and I, I love Christmas music. And so then I went to, well maybe, maybe food will help and so I went to my, uh, a restaurant and had two of my favorite foods, pizza and loaded french fries. The bacon, the cheese, it was good. Like moments of happiness but a half hour later it was a bad decision. And so <laughs> like don't eat that much fried food. That's, there's a tip for you today. Um, you can eat sugar but not the other stuff. Not really. Anyhow, it didn't bring me joy. I, I watched some of the customers in the restaurant and, and two girls in their 20s, they were on their phone, they were picking at their food a little bit and like the, it just looked like drama. <laughs> I don't know if you can describe it, but you could tell there was drama going on with whatever they were doing. They just, they weren't joyful. And there's another guy who came in and the waitress seemed to know him. Maybe he's a regular, I don't know, but he just ordered a drink and, and the... The waitress said, how you doing? He, he just said, working. No joy. That night I went home and watched my favorite football team and I was with my son. And the, the football team even won. And, and I th as I thought about it, I thought, this was fun. I'm glad they won, but the only joy was because I was with my son. And he says really funny things during a football game. <laughs> and so that's where the joy came in relationship. It wasn't about my team winning. Growing up, I had a neighbor, her first name was Joy. Talk about pressure. What if your parents named you self-control or love? <laughs> Get over here, patience. <laughs> and some people are named patience, right? But she was named Joy. But she really had Joy, and I know it's because she loved Jesus. And when her husband went through several different medical scares, she still had this, this peace and this joy inside of her. When her kids didn't make the decisions she wanted them to make when they were adults, she still had 
this joy inside of her. You can just know it, you can see it, you can tell, and I know it came from God. Joy was appropriately named. And if you're a Christian, you're appropriately named Little Christ as well, because you have these same fruits of the Spirit that we're talking about, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness. Well, let's read the whole list. Let's get through it. They're in Galatians 5, and Paul is talking about this curious phrase, living by the Spirit. Not Christmas Spirit, or the ghosts of Christmas past, present, or future, but the Holy Spirit, this mysterious helper that God gives to those who surrender their lives to Jesus and receive his much-needed forgiveness. Living by the Spirit. What does that mean? What does that look like? Let's look at verse 16. Paul says, I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So they're opposites here. The flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're against each other. They're in conflict with each other. So that you are not to do whatever you want. There's this awesome scene in the movie Elf that I I just love so much. Buddy the Elf is getting ready to go to the North Pole, or leave the North Pole, and go to New York City, to try and find his father, and Santa is giving him a few tips. We got a great picture here of Santa. Just saying, these are the things you need to do, buddy, to get ready for that trip. He's giving him tips, and one of the things he says, buddy, if you see gum on the street, don't eat it. It's not free candy. (laughs) Huh, well there's some gum right there. My flesh says I want the gum, it's free candy. My spirit says, somebody's been chewing gum and I shouldn't eat it. Should I listen to Santa or should I listen to my, my flesh? Well, Buddy decides he's going to take the free candy and enjoy it. What a picture, right? We have these situations all the time where the spirit is telling us to talk to that person or to not do that thing. And our flesh just says, I don't want to talk to them. I want to do something else. It's a battle that Paul is talking about between us. Now, this passage is setting up our list of fruits of the Spirit, but again, we want to know, what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? What does it mean not to walk by the flesh? Let me pause to talk to you who are with us that haven't made a decision to follow Jesus yet. You're you're just checking out God. We're so glad you're here. We hope you're enjoying a church that allows me to dress like an elf. Even with the elder on like membership day or whatever, you know, vote day, this congregational day, this is a day we can celebrate, right? But we understand some of these words and phrases and things like communion, that they're weird to, to anyone who hasn't been in the faith, hasn't followed God. And we, we just want you to think about a visit to Starbucks. I just went there on Friday and I knew my wife liked espresso and oat milk. That's all I knew. And I went in and there's all these different words on the board and different sizes I don't understand. And I just said to the barista, my wife likes oat milk mixed in with her espresso. And she said, I know exactly what to do. Coming to church the first time is like going to Starbucks the first time. You don't know the language. You don't fully understand what's going on. But we're here to help you. We're here to to explain it to you. And so the one thing I want you to get, if you don't know God yet, if you're just checking out church, we're so glad you're here. We believe in a God who's good and he gives his kids good gifts. He is good and he wants a relationship with each one of us as a good father would. 
And so just begin to think about that as we, we do these different things, like drink coffee, get rid of our gum. Is that gross? I'm sorry. I need more of these. There's still syrup everywhere. <laughs> All right, back to our passage. We need to know what isn't walking in the spirit, the acts of the flesh. And this is a terrible list. I, like, like, I cringe when I read it. But I think it's good because it makes us, makes us aware. Are we walking in our selfish nature or are we walking the way God wants us to with the leading of his Holy Spirit? So I think it's a good list. We, we need to go over it. It's in the Bible. Verse 19 says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, uh, ambition dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, I warn you, as I did before, those who live like that will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's clear that we are either following God's kingdom or we're following his not kingdom. But verse 22 brings us good news that those that follow Jesus, that have surrendered their lives to him, they get the fruit of the Spirit, things like love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is like a patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. I wake up each day and I say, God, what do we have on this adventure today. And when I find myself being pulled towards the flesh, at some point I need to stop, hopefully sooner rather than later, and surrender again. And God, I know I'm saved, I know I'm your child, I know I'm not losing that in this moment, but I know I need to be recentered, and I need to be more attuned to your spirit. I need to walk as you walk and as you lead. And when we become a Christian, we have the Holy Spirit, it comes inside of us, and a, a new identity as well. And I love this scene in Elf where Santa, a guy who knows Buddy for 30 years, affirms Buddy's identity. We see this late in the movie. The sleigh has gone down in Central Park. Buddy goes and finds, and he, he sees his old friend Santa. He's so excited to see him. And Santa's in dire need because the sleigh is broken. And Santa looks at Buddy and says, Buddy, can you fix my sleigh? And Buddy's response might be our response whenever we face a situation that we think is too hard for us. I can't do that. Buddy says, I'm not an elf, Santa. I can't do anything right. Do you ever feel that way? Oh, so often I do. Here's how Santa responds. Buddy, you're more of an elf than anyone I know. Can you fix my sleigh? He affirms his true identity, not the costume, not the birthright of being an elf, but who he is inside, his character. And immediately, Buddy changes. Listen to what he says. With joy on his face, Buddy says, Papa taught me how. Papa taught me how. When I watched the movie, oh, I was so thrilled by this because our Papa, he taught us how to live. 
And he's equipped us with the Holy Spirit and with the Bible, just like our initial definition of joy from John Piper. We appreciate the beauty of the word and the world around us, no matter what is happening. Those are the word that never changes. And God's beauty is in the world around us that we can see. Papa taught me how. When you're facing your hardest moment, just remember you have a Papa that loves you, is with you, and taught you how. Such a beautiful picture of how God sees us. So this joy thing is not just a feeling, but it's literally giving us power to endure the hardest moments in life. It's joy that gives you power. Look at Nehemiah chapter eight, verse 10. It says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Back in the Old Testament, Nehemiah's people were in captivity for 70 years, and he helps take them home and rebuild this wall. And he says, it's the joy of the Lord that has been my strength through all this. You see the power in that. You can get through anything with God's joy. The Spirit is in you, giving you the joy you need for each day. God's joy gives you strength. Strength when you really need it. My 12-year-old daughter, Anna, you saw her come out and bring the coffee. She watched the movie Elf with me. And I wanted her to watch it, and I, I said to her, I'm getting ready for this message, and I want your insight, because you're gonna see things differently than I'm gonna see. And I wanna know what sticks out to you and what is encouraging to you. And before I share her amazing, amazing insight, like it's, it's really good, you're gonna love it. It made me realize in the moment that I need community. I needed Anna to watch that movie with me because it's probably the most important thing of what you're gonna hear today. Wisdom from a 12-year-old. I needed 30 or 40 of you to help me move these last couple weeks, and you came through. And I just, like you helped us pack up a truck, and then we had to unpack because we sold our house and we didn't get the other house for another week. And then we had to live a beautiful vacation in Mooresville with my in-laws who are awesome and they're here today, so thank you. And it was good. And then we had to repack and then unpack again and several of you helped us clean to get the place ready. It's just, I thought so many times, God, thank you for community, but what would this be like if I didn't have it? And so a question for you today is, who's helping you pack? Who's helping you unpack? Who's watched a movie with you and giving you insight that you don't have? Our groups around here are so, so important. We believe we grow through community. And so if you're not a part of a group, text that word CONNECT to 317-565-4911. Talk, stop by the Connect Hub afterwards. We would love to talk to you. I reached out to group leaders this week, and I, I heard back from men's groups that have room for people, I heard back from women's groups who have room for people, a couple family groups that have room for people. We have Rooted started up, the registration is open for January, it's gonna be Wednesdays. Financial Peace, another community for you will be Wednesdays in January. There's, there's so many chances. I so encourage you, my heart hurts when people are alone. Find that community. So Anna's wisdom, are you ready for this? We're watching this scene, and they've made a meme of it. That's how, how good it is. Buddy has been banished to the mail room, and it says it smells like mushrooms 
and everyone looks like they want to hurt me. <laughs> like, it's a sad point in the movie. His father has rejected him. He just sends him down to the mailroom in the big skyscraper. And Buddy says they look like they want to hurt me. And in that moment, Anna looked at me and she said, Daddy, Buddy's beaten up so many times in this movie. And I looked at her and I said, you're right. I never realized that. And she said, you never realized that? <laughs> and I said, no, because like, I'm always looking for the joy and the positives and I love the one-liners that I quote in my real life because I've watched Elf and like, every time Buddy's leaving and he says, hi, Mr. Norwal, and he says, bye, buddy, I hope you find your dad. Like, that's great, right? You can say that whenever someone leaves the house. Bye, buddy, I hope you find your dad. Doesn't make sense, but it's fun. <laughs> we love the quotes in Elf, and we love the happy ending, and, and somehow in my messed up brain, I never see the hard parts. And I said, Anna, thank you for pointing that out, because that's a big part of what we're going to share today. And she said, Really? We need people because we just see the world our way and they have so much more to offer us, good godly people that want to show you more about Jesus. Find a group. Because that one thing I told Anna that's so key is this. Buddy suffered. We all suffer. Jesus suffered. In an imperfect world, None of us are immune to suffering. If it's not happening now, it's coming, or it has just happened, right? We're gonna have some kind of suffering. Pastor Matt loves to talk about, like, when he's leading up to a certain topic, that week he'll get all kinds of sermon illustrations, which he loves and doesn't love, and so I was ready this week. I was getting ready for my suffering illustrations. God, what are we gonna hit this week? And on Thursday, I had a stress test for my heart, and I'm laying on the table, and they're doing the pre-test and, and the, the, the lady, the practitioner, she says, I can't see your left ventricle. And I said, that sounds like a problem. <laughs> I don't know anything about hearts, but shouldn't you be able to see that? And she said, yes, but this is not super uncommon, but we need to inject dye in so that we can see it better. And so I'm laying on the table thinking, God, I'm supposed to preach a sermon about Elf this Sunday like, I don't think Danielle or Brett want to get up here and do this. Maybe they do. But can we save the heart attack till Monday? Let's get Sunday out of the way. Don't check me into the hospital because something's happening. And, and like, that's where our mind goes when we hear something we don't know. It's not even bad news yet. It's, it's just the fact we don't know yet. And so in that moment, I was not walking in the spirit. I was walking in the flesh. And I remembered, I'm speaking the sermon this Sunday, let's, let's get back to joy. And so I did. I said, God, give me joy. Like, and, and at that point, I was all right. Like, if I'm in, I'm in. If something's happening, something's happening. And God, you're going to take care of me. Because Christians have this thing called joy that allow them to suffer through anything. And we don't want to suffer. But we're able to. Because of the Holy Spirit giving us this joy. I'm fine, by the way. My heart was great. They have no idea why they couldn't see it. But I'm good, so don't worry, okay? So Buddy suffered. We all suffer. Jesus understands what it is to suffer. Do you know what keep, kept Jesus going amidst the suffering? When he was being nailed to a cross, he'd already been beaten. His father had to turn the other way because of all the sin he was taking on him. Do you know what kept him going? 
It's in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, and I, I love the book of Hebrews. It's, it's a New Testament book, but it's to God's chosen people. It's to the, the Jewish people that have, are finding Jesus and understanding he's the Messiah, but they've still got all this Old Testament heritage that they, they've gotta figure out because they thought they were the chosen ones, and now Jesus is saying everyone can come if they repent of their sins and follow me. Everyone is welcome, not just the chosen people, you are too. And so Hebrews 12 begins with this. It says, therefore, well, let's stop there. I had a pastor growing up who said, anytime you see the word therefore, ask what is the therefore therefore? Great Bible study technique. If you just start reading in the middle or wherever you start, if there's a therefore, go back and see what the therefore is therefore. So we're gonna practice that today. Verse 11, or chapter 11. And chapter 11 is often referred to as the Faith Hall of Fame. So these are guys like David and guys like Moses that have done great things in the Old Testament. And so it's leading us through that list. And then verse 39 says, they say these were all commended, these people, for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. The writer of Hebrews is telling the Jewish people that are the chosen ones that God has something better. I wonder if you're listening to that and saying, what is this something better? And am I, am I part of that? Can I be a part of this something better? All right, chapter 12, it answers our question. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, that's the flesh, right? Let's throw it off. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Listen to this. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What got Jesus through the suffering and the pain and death? It was the joy set before him. What is that joy? It's a relationship with each one of you. It's the chance to spend eternity with each one of you, to invite each one of you into his kingdom to reign with him forever. That's the joy that allowed him to endure the darkest moments in human history. It was joy. It wasn't supernatural strength. It wasn't willpower. It wasn't anything else. It was joy. A joy that you get the chance to experience. You see the power of joy? Why aren't we utilizing it? Why aren't we allowing the Holy Spirit to grow it in us? Why are you smiling like that? Smiling's my favorite. Because Jesus loves me and I want every single person I know to know that he loves them too. He loves you too. And you have the opportunity to accept that love. He chose joy. Remember our three rules of being an elf? Treat every day like it's Christmas. There's room for everyone on the nice list, and the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. I've adjusted it a little bit. I think you're gonna enjoy this. Number one, instead of treat every day like it's Christmas, how about we treat every day like it's Easter? Like Jesus is risen, and we are alive both now and in the future. Because Jesus is alive. And so every day for Christians should be Easter. How about number two? There's room for everyone on the nice list. I think this one's better. There's room for everyone in the book of life. 
Doesn't mean everyone's going to heaven, folks. It means everyone has the opportunity to change their old ways and allow Jesus to give them a new life. That's why we love baptism so much, because you are buried, your old life is buried and dead and under the water and you are raised to new life. And so today we want to offer that opportunity for you to say, I've tried doing it my way, I've tried walking in the flesh, I've tried things this way and it doesn't work. I know I'm sinful. I know I need a savior, and I want to join him in his kingdom, and I want him to lead my life. I don't want to just say something with my words and get into heaven. I want him to lead my life because he's my father and he loves me. And so I'll close with 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. It's such a beautiful passage. <clears throat> Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. A thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, listen to this, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but he wants everyone to come to repentance. Repentance is a, is, is a 180, it's a change. I don't wanna live that life anymore. I want you, Jesus, to lead my life. I want you to forgive me and save me. And so the Connect team is gonna come forward as we're gonna sing in a moment, I'm gonna pray. If you want to make that change today, if you want to exchange your old life for your new life, our team is here to pray with you, to walk you through that process. If you want to get baptized to signify that, man, we're ready. But let's pray. God, I'm overwhelmed with your goodness and how you take a sinner like me and make me whole. God, I love you. And I pray for each person in this room as you are drawing them closer to you, whether they know you already or whether today is the day they're making that choice to say, I can't do this, can't do this on my own. I wanna live for you. And so Lord, give them the courage to take that next step and to enter into a conversation. To give people courage to take that step to enter into a relationship with community. God, you've made us for each other. Thank you for your joy that you use to enjoy, endure that cross, God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I think I forgot number three, didn't you? Number three on the ways of being an elf, we gotta sing loud for our Lord to hear, all right? So we're gonna sing joy to the Lord. For those of you who are not Christmas music people, you're on board. It's, it's December, we're ready to have joy, let's sing it.